What's wrong with you people? Welcome to Not Another Baptist Podcast. My name is Matt Hensley. I am joined with, by, whoever, Kyle, non-alcoholic beerman. And if you're looking for trustworthy Christian higher education that equips you to think biblically, reason truthfully, and share God's word effectively, Texas Baptist College is the place for you. TBC's focus is Christ-centered, scripture-driven, and student-focused, and the best way to experience TBC is to attend their spring preview day on March 31st. You'll get to tour the campus, speak with faculty members, chat with fellow students, and experience the unique campus community of Texas Baptist College during spring preview day. You can register today at texasbaptistcollege.com forward slash preview. Again, that is texasbaptistcollege.com forward slash preview. Kyle, it's good to see you. See you got a cup of coffee with you. You're you're doing good today. You're rocking the replant hoodie and uh, got the nice bald head going on. Looking sharp. How are you doing, man? Man, doing well. Doing well. Yeah, it's a Uh, I'm enjoying a little lull in travel. I'm not, I got a few weeks off before uh, some things really pick up in March. And so, yeah, just enjoying the time at home and um, getting ready for for a busy, busy spring. I gotta, and and I gotta, one of those, I'm going to be out your way too. We're actually going to maybe get to see each other in person. Hang yeah, on. hopefully not. I'm I'm hoping to find another thing to do. Uh, but yeah, this this kind of funny this month. So I I get a set amount for mileage uh, every every month, and so if I go over that, of course I can use it for taxes or whatever. So it's not a huge deal. But I've got a set amount. Like January, I was pounding the pavement, man, and I. I probably did about eleven hundred dollars worth of mileage, oh. and uh, which is well over double my uh, my cap. And then this month we had an entire week where everybody was iced in, and then now we're in the 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 kind of the phase of selling our building and having the closing date and all of that. And so there's certain things that I have to be there for or prepare for all of that kind of stuff. So I haven't been able to do as many of my normal meetings. And so it's like, I want to go back to my operating board and be like, Hey, yo, can we kind of like just make this like a two month uh, ordeal for me? Because that way I could actually have the the funds there, but no, it's not a big deal, but life is good. We've sold our building at the Colin Baptist association and are moving to kind of a more remote, ministry, which is what we were doing anyway. We had a building that we weren't using uh, much, is certainly not to its potential. And uh, because I'm kind of out in the churches and out with pastors all day long, every day. And uh, we really only had one person there doing some office work. And uh, it's just wasn't the best use of our resources. And so we can save, I think it's like three to $4,000 a month, including what we're paying for our monthly rent at a new office wow. space. And so are you, and y'all are doing like a shared office yeah, space, yeah, right? So Craig ranch, even more like centrally located to everybody, really easy to get to where we were at was a dump and hard to get to. Uh, but our new one is right off the tollway, right off another highway. It's in Craig ranch in McKinney. Uh, it's near all of, you know, some of our key churches and, and it's centrally located to everybody. People up in Salina can get there. People down in Wiley can get like, it's perfectly located right in the center of Collin County. Awesome. Uh, and it's super cheap. And 
has a golf simulator inside. So, <laughs> you know, the the upside to a golf simulator is there's really no risk that I'm going to hit somebody in the rib cage with a golf ball because there's no reason for them to be in front of me because it's just a screen. Now, will I actually hit the screen? Will it bounce off and hit the wall and then knock them out? That's another question. Uh, but anyway, looking forward to that. It's got like a coffee bar, like not just your regular like Keurig setup. And so I'm pretty pumped about that. Um, and I'll never go, but <laughs> anyway, uh, we're excited about that. Uh, but we're not talking about, uh, Colin Baptist association. We're not talking about Kyle's bald head. We are continuing our series on why churches die this time with part three. If you missed parts one and two, just go back two weeks and you can cover those and, uh, and remember those things and, or maybe rehash revisit it, that kind of deal, because now we come to part three, and it really comes to, we as Baptists, we we kind of pride ourselves on being the people of the book, right? We, we have built our convention on belief in the inerrancy, infallibility, sufficiency, inspiration, all of that, of God's Word, right? We, we have a high view of Scripture as Southern Baptists. But it's one thing to have a high view of Scripture, you know, in theory, or believe that we say that, or have that in our doctrinal statement. It's a completely different thing to actually apply the Word. It's kind of the same idea of James with hearing the Word, doing the Word. It's one thing to hear the Word of God being preached every week, or your midweek service, your prayer reading, or your quiet time, or whatever it might be. It's another thing to actually take the next step and apply it to your life, to live out what you are hearing preached. And so sometimes churches die simply because maybe the Bible is faithfully preached week in and week out. Um, You know, that generally is going to be the case. However, it's not necessarily being applied or it's not really being wielded in such a way that sees it as the true energy and power behind a church. And so We've got an article, or you have an article. It's not my website. It's your website uh, on the Replant blog from Andy Addis. Sure, that's your bro. You like that dude, Andy Addis. He's 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 funny. Uh, and uh, we wore the same shirt at the Replant Lab, I believe. Uh, that was pretty funny. Different days, but same exact shirt. Anyway, um, he's got an article up on your blog and uh, kind of has a little intro story, all that kind of stuff. We're going to move past that. He's setting it up by talking about kinetic energy, uh, right? As long as it stays stored, it has potential, but things starts happening once it finds its its use. You know, I, I'm a big boxing fan. You know, it's one thing to just sit there and just push your arm out and, and hit somebody. It's another thing to get all of that force behind it and everything else. And we, as Christians, have a great force behind us, and that is the force of the gospel. So number one, what is the potential energy of the church? First, we have the gospel. We have the the good news. Kyle, talk talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So this is the the foundation of why we um, have staked ourselves to the to the Bible because the Bible tells the story of the gospel, right? From um, God's creation, where everything was good, to uh, man's fall and turning our backs on God, to then God pursuing us throughout really the rest of the Old Testament from, from Genesis 4 uh, through the end of Malachi into the Gospels where Jesus arrives. 
um, and then tells about his saving work on our behalf. And then the rest of the New Testament points back to that and helps us to understand how we live in light of that, right? So so the, the Bible tells us the story of the gospel, tells us about God's plan for redemption, God's pursuit of us as his people. And so this means that if if we're going to proclaim the Bible and, and as believers who um, who want to understand what the Bible has to say to us, it's not just that we read it to check off our reading plan for the day. Even though, let me confess, I'm I'm finishing up Leviticus today in my Bible reading. There there have been a few days where I've just checked it off. <laughs> been like, whew, made it through those made it through those four chapters of Leviticus. Hard, hard um, to apply the bodily emissions. It, it's yes. Just, yeah. Yes. So I'm I'm really excited about numbers and to get back to some narrative. Uh, but 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 we it's more than just checking off saying, hey I did this, right? We we need to take that further step and say, okay, how does this show um, God's holiness? In, in the case of Leviticus, that's what the whole law was about, right? Helping people understand God's holiness and our inability to live up to that standard, which should then make us say, wait a second, if I can't live up to that standard, what is my hope then? Um, and, and we we have to focus on the gospel, right? The fact that we, um, if you're a believer, you have been saved by grace through faith and are now walking in freedom from sin and uh, in, and with the promise of eternal life. And, and that changes things when we begin to apply God's word in light of the gospel, in light of what God has done for us, rather than just saying, all right, done that, you know, went to Sunday school, check, sat through a sermon, check, read my Bible, check. Um, it's when we begin to apply God's word to our lives, it, it changes things and we come to a much deeper understanding of the gospel and the power it has in our lives. Yeah. And, and I like his little line. We don't need a better message. We, we have the gospel, yeah. right? You know, a lot of, a lot of us may think, Hey, if I only can get just the perfect sermon series, this church is going to turn around or, or whatever it might be. But y'all, your, your people are drowning in plenty of bad news. Like more than enough bad news. And and I'm not even necessarily talking about what's happening in the world. We can turn on the news and see what's happening in Ukraine or Russia or hear everybody losing their ever-loving mind, de- depending upon what side of the aisle you are on, either for what Joe Biden said or that, that one lady, Marjorie Green or whatever was, screaming the whole time. Like depending upon where you fall or what you listen to, you're angry at one of those two people. Uh, there's plenty of that. Here, here in DFW, we've got the Dallas Zoo that apparently is just giving away animals for free, um, like yeah, letting monkeys and tigers yeah. run free. Yeah, that's right. you know, who cares? We, you know, no borders, open borders at the Dallas Zoo. I don't know, <laughs> but there's like plenty of bad news. But that's just that's in the world. Uh, our people have have their own bad news and baggage. There's things that they're carrying, uh, either weight from their their past or struggles in their current home, either with their kids or whatever. We've been dealing with some stuff with school. Um, you know, there's that kind of deal. There's plenty of maybe our older folks are losing their health or, or loved ones are passing away. There's plenty of bad news. We don't have to go looking for it, uh, but they shouldn't have to go looking for the good news at your church. That should be what you are preaching and sharing. We don't need a better message. We just need the gospel. Keep it simple. Give them the gospel. Uh, because if we have the gospel, number two, 
we have God's power. We don't need bigger budgets, though it would be nice. You can do different things when you have bigger budgets. We don't need deeper leadership benches, though it is nice when you have more people to pull from and, and so forth to lead different things. Uh, we don't even need all the the new and, and newfangled low-hanging fruit opportunities in, in ministry. We Those are great. But like all of those things, we don't necessarily need them because we have God's power. And uh, and so if we have the gospel, then we have the power of God in our church ministry in life. Talk to us about that, Kyle. Yeah, so Romans 1.16, right? Paul says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Uh, bigger budgets, uh, renovated buildings, all those things are nice, right? But no one's ever been saved. Uh, no one's ever come to faith in Christ because the carpet was clean, um, because you had pews rather than chairs. Um, no, no one's ever come to faith in Christ because uh, you were able to increase your budget by thirteen percent last year. Like, like th- those those aren't bad things, but they're secondary. None of those are the power of God for salvation. The gospel is the power of God for salvation. And so when we proclaim the gospel, we're proclaiming the power of God to do what nothing else can, right? To remove the separation between us and God, to reconcile us to himself, to forgive our sins and and move us from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of eternal light. And so I I think, you know, there are things that become more pressing, right? And and as as you well know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? So whether that's um, a church member that just won't leave you alone about some some way that you've offended them or some gripe that they have, um, or if it's you know nagging issues with your building, air conditioners that keep going out. Um, I know you and I have both been there before. The, these things aren't bad, but but it's important to remember they're all secondary, right? They're all secondary, and they should all be means to proclaiming the gospel, right? So we want our buildings to serve in a way that helps us proclaim the gospel. We want budgets to serve in such a way that helps us proclaim the gospel. Programs help us proclaim the gospel. And, and I just think what Andy's trying to get at is to remind us to keep the main thing, the main thing. And I know that's cliche, but it's also true because the main thing can get swallowed up by so much other stuff um, in the life of a church, in the life of a ministry. And we need to remember that the gospel is the thing that that saves, right? The the gospel is the power of God for salvation. And and we have to keep that at the forefront. Yep. And uh, and that takes us to that third one uh, with, he, he says the potential. I, I love just the idea of the absolute miracle of salvation in our hands. Um, that when, when you see somebody, like you were talking about, go from death to life, uh, you are seeing a miracle. Um, it, it is quite a dead thing that has come to life and uh, right in front of your eyes. And so the world is looking for something. And uh, and we know, and we still do it ourselves, even in our uh, sanctified state, uh, we still slip into other things that we think are going to satisfy us, cough, Corvette, um, you know, things like that. Many people look for stupid things and stupid ways to satisfy themselves, relationships, all that kind of stuff. But we have what every human being truly needs, even if they're not really, they, they are looking for it, even if they don't realize it. Um, and that is salvation through 
the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I think as we think through this and we think through applying, we know all of these things. Nothing we have said today uh, is, is shocking to any of us. We know that we have the Bible. We know that we have the gospel. We know that we have the good news. We know that we get to share the greatest news of all and salvation is right before us. It's one thing to know all of that kind of stuff, but are we applying it? So so we need to look through our ministries, look through our lives individually, but certainly look through our churches and ask like, what's what's missing? Um, you know, the, the Quilting Club is is great. You know, is is it also leading us maybe to some lost friends that would like to quilt and then giving them opportunities to share their faith? You know, so like think through is the gospel in all of these areas of our, our ministry? You know, this uh, the big game. I think you're not allowed to call it the beep bowl or whatever it is. Uh, you know, the big game is coming up and many churches will do some kind of a thing around those deal. That's wonderful. That's great. You know, no judgment there. Uh, but look for a way to to make some intentionality behind it, too, that not just the game, but some intentionality behind the gospel that we we have, because you have there that potential energy at your disposal. The question is, are you using it? Are you applying it? And uh, and it's probably I like his little line, uh, the frenzy of kinetic energy released, if we did that, uh, would be more than any of our churches could handle. Uh, right. Mayhill, we didn't do a whole lot of fancy stuff. We stuck to the word. We evangelized and we trusted God to move. We, we made prayer a very big priority, preaching a very big priority, made sure kids were safe, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, but ultimately, God took over and did more than we could ever imagine. You know, 180 some odd people in a town of 56. It was it was more than our church could handle. Um, but that was God and the power of his word, the power of his gospel doing the the work. And so we know all of these things. Nothing we've said today is shocking. The question is, are we applying it, right? Are we applying it? So he says there are many say knowledge is power, but I don't think that's true. I believe knowledge is fuel stored energy. Only when knowledge is applied, does that potential become power. I like the peas there. That'd be fun to kind of preach. Uh, but uh, so, so wrap us up on, on this because we, we have everything we need from God himself. Uh, so, so wrap this up in terms of why churches die is when they don't apply these things, they don't live these things. So wrap us up. Yeah. I think the, the thing that he's touching on in, in the last point there is Every time we open our doors, every time we gather together as the local church, there is the potential that someone's coming in who doesn't have a relationship with Christ and um, the potential that they're going to hear that gospel message for the first time. And it's going to make an eternal change in their lives. Um, and I think if we if we bought into that, um, it would change the way we approach certainly Sunday mornings. Right. I mean, that that changes from, man, I got to get up and. You know, it's, I got to go turn on the lights and make the coffee and, and it's Sunday again. And who's going to show up? Who's not going to show up? It, wouldn't it change our, our outlook on that if it was, man, we might see somebody's life change today. And even if, even if we don't see someone come to faith in Christ, we might see somebody for whom the gospel clicks in a, in a new way. Somebody who's been a follower of Jesus for a while and suddenly they get it and it, and it, it changes um, their life from that day forward. Every time we gather, there's that potential. And and the same God who worked miraculously in the book of Acts, and we see lives being changed um, 
well, Acts 2.47 said um, every day, right? The Lord added to their number those who were being saved. We have the same God. We have the same gospel. Um, do we believe it still has the same power and the same effect in 2023 that it did in 2034? Or in 34. Sorry, not 2034. In 34, period. All right. 34. Do we believe that? That God still works in that way, and if so, that changes the way that we that we approach ministry. And so, I think much of this is not just you know it's easy to look at our people and say, "Man, you know, I don't I don't think they're applying God's word to their lives." I, I think what Andy's getting at here is, as pastors and church leaders, we need to be applying the the word to our lives. And as we do that, and as, as God works in us, then we have. Um, we, we're in a completely new position to proclaim that out to the people in the pews. Yeah. I, I recently preached a sermon on James hearing and doing the word, that kind of deal. And one of the things that I did by way of application is committing to some action with everything that you read or, you know, so when you hear a sermon or you, you know, I was, I was at a D now, so these were students. So I said, when, when your pastor right now, I can't remember his name, Jason, I think it is. When, when your pastor preaches on Sunday, take what he, he says, the application, and say, you know, I'm going to live this out, the, this particular aspect, or, or it's going to change the way I think. Like some kind of an action, not so much that you do, but an action, maybe how I'm thinking, what I'm doing, whatever it might be. On Wednesday, when you hear the message from Pastor Don, uh, like think through what's being applied and how can I live that out. When you're reading the Word of God on, on Monday, Tuesday, you know, during your Bible reading, this is maybe it's a Leviticus in bodily emissions. This doesn't necessarily have anything that I'm going to have to actually do. Maybe the response there is just go bathe in some Lysol because you'll need it after listening to Leviticus. <laughs> but but when you read something and you meditate on God's word and you think through God's word, and, and it's one thing to know what's being said there, either historically or the narrative, whatever it might be, but then say, you know, what is this teaching me? And what's something that I can apply here? and put some action behind it, either changing the way I pray, changing the way I relate to my kids, changing the way I relate to the lost cashier that's saying happy holidays around Christmas time. Like there's the different things that we can sort of apply. So one of the challenges I have for those that are listening in is think through what has been said today, this idea of it's one thing to know that we have the Bible, that we have the gospel, that we have the power. It's another thing to actually apply it, to use it, to live it out. So the challenge for you is to commit to some kind of an action. Maybe look through each of your programs right now or your sermon series or whatever. Maybe that action is making sure, crystal clear, sure, that the gospel is clearly being articulated each and every Sunday. Uh, that maybe uh, all the people that come to my church are lost people, you know, or, or saved people, sorry, are saved people. Nobody, you know, they, they're tired of hearing it. No, they're not. They need to hear it too, number one. Number two, preach yourself. Lost people are there. And out of an expectation that they will come. And, uh, and I think somebody posted just the other day, preach that way, because maybe those genuinely saved folks in the church will hear that and be like, hey, man, if only, you know, David, here's this message, you know, and I'm going to bring them next week, you know, something like that, that may happen too. So think through your programs, make sure the gospel is, is there and intentionally in and through everything that you do and clearly being articulated in your sermons. If it's not, 
that's your action today is go and add it to your sermon somehow beginning through middle at the end whatever make sure that it's clearly articulated each and every week kyle send us out unless you got anything yeah nope i think that's good um and thanks for listening and until next time may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare what's wrong with you people